Section 80 of The Cloister and the Hearth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Cloister and the Hearth by Charles Reed. Chapter 75. Clement sighed. He began to doubt whether he had taken the wisest course with a creature so passionate. But young as he was, he had already learned many lessons of ecclesiastical wisdom. For one thing, he had been taught to pause, i.e., in certain difficulties, neither to do nor to say anything until the matter should clear itself a little. He therefore held his peace and prayed for wisdom. All he did was gently to withdraw his foot. But his penitent flung her arms around it with a piteous cry, and held it convulsively, and wept over it. And now the agony of shame as well as penitence she was in showed itself by the bright red that crept over her very throat as she lay quivering at his feet. My daughter, said Clement gently, take courage torment thyself no more about this gerard who is not as for me i am brother clement whom heaven hath sent to thee this day to comfort thee and help thee save thy soul thou last made me thy confessor i claim then thine obedience oh yes sobbed the penitent leave this pilgrimage and instant return to rome penitence abroad is little worth there where we live lie the temptations we must defeat or perish not fly in search of others more showy but less lethal easy to wash the feet of strangers masked ourselves hard to be merely meek and charitable with those about us i'll never never lay finger on her again Nay, I speak not of servants only, but of dependents, kinsmen, friends. This is thy penance. The last thing at night, and the first thing after matins, call to mind thy sin, and God his goodness. And so be humble and gentle to the faults of those around thee. The world it courts the rich, but seek thou the poor, not beggars. These, for the most, are neither honest nor truly poor but rather find out those who blush to seek thee yet need thee sore giving to them shall lend to heaven marry a good son of the church me i will never marry thou wilt marry within the year i do entreat and command thee to marry one that feareth god for thou art very clay matted ill thou shalt be naught but wedding a worthy husband thou mayest dei gratia live a pious princess ay and die a saint i thou he then desired her to rise and go about the good work he had set her she rose to her knees and removing her mask cast an eloquent look upon him then lowered her eyes meekly i will obey you as i would an angel how happy i am yet unhappy for oh my heart tells me i shall never look on you again 
i will not go till i have dried your feet it needs not i have excused thee this bootless penance tis no penance to me i you do not forgive me if you will not let me dry your poor feet so be it then said clement resignedly and thought to himself levius quid famia but these weak creatures that gravitate towards the small as heavenly bodies towards the great have yet their own flashes of angelic intelligence when the princess had dried the friar's feet she looked at him with tears in her beautiful eyes and murmured with singular tenderness and goodness i will have masses said for her soul may i she said timidly this brought a faint blush into the monk's cheek and moistened his cold blue eye it came so suddenly from one he was just rating so low it is a gracious thought he said do as thou wilt often such acts fall back on the doer like blessed dew i am thy confessor not hers thine is the soul i must now do all to save and woe be to my own my daughter my dear daughter i see good and ill angels fighting for thy soul this day i this moment o oh, fight thou on thine own side dost thou remember all i bade thee remember said the princess sweet saint each syllable of thine is graved in my heart but one word more then pray much to christ and little to his saints i will and that is the best word i have light to say to thee so part we on it thou to the place becomes thee best thy father's house i to my holy mother's work adieu faltered the princess adieu that i have loved too well hated too ill known and revered too late forgiving angel adieu for ever the monk caught her words though but faltered in a sigh for ever he cried aloud with sudden ardor christians live for ever and love for ever but they never part for ever they part as part of the earth and sun to meet more brightly in a little while you and i part here for life and what is our life one line in the great story of the church whose son and daughter we are one handful in the sand of time one drop in the ocean of forever adieu for the little moment called a life we part in trouble we shall meet in peace we part creatures of clay we shall meet immortal spirits we part in a world of sin and sorrow we shall meet where all is purity and love divine where no ill passions are but christ is and his saints around him clad in white there in the turning of an hourglass in the breaking of a bubble in the passing of a cloud she and thou and i shall meet again and sit at the feet of angels and archangels apostles and saints and beam like them with joy unspeakable in the light 
of the shadow of God upon his throne, for ever and ever and ever. And so they parted, the monk erect, his eyes turned heavenwards and glowing with the sacred fire of zeal, the princess slowly retiring and turning more than once to cast a lingering glance of awe and tender regret on that inspired figure. She went home subdued and purified. Clement, in due course, reached Basil and entered on his duties, teaching in the university and preaching in the town and neighborhood. He led a life that can be comprised in two words, deep study and mortification. My reader has already a peep into his soul. At Basil he advanced in holy zeal and knowledge. The brethren of his order began to see him a descendant of the saints and martyrs. End of section 80 Recording by John Brandon